0: Time now for another edition of the Sharps Report here with bettingpros.com. My name is Matt Peralt. You guys probably know me from the Daily Juice podcast, and we are psyched to be joined this week on the Sharps Report. We love talking to guys who are in the industry who are in the media, making plays, making bets, and putting their plays out there for you guys to read. He is Raheem Palmer from the Action Network joining us here on the Sharps Report.
1: What's up, man? How are you? Good to have you. I'm good, man. Life is good. I just came back from Vegas. Me and Matt, we met last week. I signed up for the circuit contest. I signed up for the super contest. I'm excited. I covered the Pacquiao fight. NFL starts next week and it's going down. <laughs> is this your first time in the circuit? Have you been in it before? I've been in a super contest in 2019. I never did the circuit contest. I was in a super contest in 2019. It was 3,300 entries. I finished 241st, one point out of the money. It's my fault because I kept taking the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that was the year when Jameis Winston decided <laughs> to throw 30 interceptions. <laughs> one interception could have changed, you know, got me in the men cash or whatever. So. I mean, I will get even one better. So in the reboot last year, we
0: had we finished one point out and uh-huh. the game. The Steelers game that got moved from Tuesday to Wednesday, we kept with it and it won oh wow it, it won but if we hadn't decided to keep with that if that game gets played on tuesday and the steelers win and cover i'm in the money for the reboot contest instead we lose in our one point out of the reboot cashing so i feel oh, your pain man. Yes, <laughs> feel your pain
1: this year, this year we're gonna cash though i'm i'm, I'm confident
0: I hope so. It's super fun. I tell everybody that if you haven't ever done it before, it's so, it's such a great way of being a part of it. And sure, you got to put the money up, up front. So it's a thousand dollars. So it's not cheap to do, but it's so fun and so entertaining. And what a great way to spend 20 weeks or whatever watching football, 18 weeks watching football. And you know, you're making your picks and plays anyway, but you're also worth the stagnant lines. It, do you use the super contest to help you out at all or the circuit contest lines when it comes to what you do on Sunday? Do you pay attention to the line that's stagnant and then the movement that happens later in the week?
1: Um, I actually don't. I mean, I think, you know, the lines come out so they come out like Wednesday. So I think, you know, these days the NFL market is so sharp. You want to be able to just you want to be able to knock out those opening numbers. I mean, you got guys like Warren Sharp. They're moving on Monday. Um, yeah. You know, a five hundred dollar bet will move the market on a Monday, Tuesday morning. And, you know, by the time the circuit lines and super contest lines come out, Sometimes it's frustrating because you can't get the best of the number that you want. Like the, the lines are already sharpened up by the time the circuit contest comes out. True. Very, very true. All right. Let's talk about your background a little bit.
0: How long you've been doing gambling content? How long you've been betting on games? I know you got a very interesting backstory that we talked about when we were together You know, at the Cosmo. But what is, what is your background? How did you get here?
1: Okay. For me, I was a DJ. Um, you know, I was in the music industry. I worked at Rock Nation. My whole life was music. At some point, Delaware Park opened and they had the parlay betting. It was like the first in the country. You had to bet three games on NFL games. And, you know, a lot of us, we did the parlay hustle. And it's so funny you mentioned the Circa contest and the Super contest. You have the stale lines. Delaware Park has stale lines because they locked on Wednesday. So by the time we get down there on Sunday, you could pick, you know, how many ticket games that you wanted. And then, you know, just fill out all the tickets with all the stale lines and a lot of sharp groups down there. Captain Jack Andrews, you might see him on Twitter. He's one of the prominent gamblers. He used to be down there. Sheep. I don't know if you guys know Sheep. Sheep used to fix those NBA games. His whole crew (laughs) was down there. Him, Philly Godfather, um, Tiger. I mean, it was a whole crew of just doing the the parlay hustle. Um, So I was doing that. But. You know, at some point you realize parlays is just, they're really hard to hit, even if you got stale numbers. So I got my local bookies, I think around 2013, I don't know if you remember this game, but Aaron Rodgers, they went into, it was week 17. They playing the Bears. Okay. Um, I think it was 2013. They're laying three and a half. Um, and the Packers, I ended up taking the Packers, laying at three and a half. Um, the Packers are down two. So they're going to kick a field goal. Aaron Rodgers throws the bomb to James Jones. (laughs) They cover. Right. I had $4,000 on that game. Dang. And it's like, I mean, that was a a lot of money to me at the time. It was the biggest bet. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this wrong. I laid three and a half with a road favorite. And I'm like, I'm a total square. So then that's when I got into sports modeling and everything like that. You know, I, I continued in the music industry. I continued DJing. But at some point, I was just like, you know, I I really just I'm not really feeling this anymore. So I left Rock Nation. I started betting full time. I hit a big bet on the Toronto Raptors. Like I mean, like the Raptors were down 0-2 against the Milwaukee Bucks. I took them to win the series at plus 660. I took them game three. I came back. I took them plus 460 to win the series. I took them game four. I came back. Took them 220 to win the series. Came back. Took a money line. Um, plus three, three hundred, plus eight to win the series. They won four games straight. That was like my big hit to get me a, <laughs> a decent bankroll. Then I took them through the, to the, to the finals. Um, I rolled through there. Then the pandemic happened. I'm like, yo, what am I gonna do with my life? At opportunity. Somebody said they they were looking for writers at the Action Network. I've been writing like Facebook blogs I'd never written before. Yeah, and I sent them all the stuff that I was doing. I sent them with me moving lines, like I moved a couple NFL lines down Delaware. I said to my model and it was like, yeah, come on board. Um, I was a freelance writer for about a month, a month. And I, I told him, like, y'all don't even have to pay me. Um, and a month into it, Chad's like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a contract. He gives me a three month contract. One month into the contract, he's like, you know, what? I'm hiring you full time. Very cool. <laughs> So that's my yeah, story.
0: <laughs> that's very cool. Ted Milman from the Action Network is 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 a smart man to grab a hold of you. You mentioned you were doing Facebook posts. So like my brothers are big into Reddit. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not in I'm 44 years old. So I'm kind of too old to really get into that. But did you Garner a following like they send me guys who they trail all the time on Reddit who just put their plays up on Reddit and that's kind of their platform for their distribution for whatever they're doing with picks and plays. Did you find people
1: like searching you out on Facebook trying to read your plays? Nah, you know what's so crazy? I was just doing a status update. So like, I give you example. I created a model to predict MVP back in like 2015, no 2017. Okay, um, and I'm I'm still angry about this because I had (laughs) Harden. the year russell westbrook won mvp right he won it because he had the triple double but i had Harton 20 to 1 to win mvp and at the all-star break Harton was a two-to-one favorite so i built the model you know to predict mvp based on that so i would post that on facebook or like i posted the time like i was djing this party um hosted by the denver nuggets i got drunk with the denver nuggets and then I went home and I bet everything I had on the Sixers. <laughs> so I would like post like little shit like that.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, insider knowledge, right? You saw what they were doing. Like, oh, these guys aren't going to be able to do anything tomorrow. That's yeah. really, that's really funny. How how is there any correlation to your DJing and what you did DJing that's helped you when it comes to sports betting? Any, any, any similarities?
1: Um, I think for me, um, the only real real correlation is that it's not stable. (laughs) Like, and that's the only real correlation for me. It's just like, you just never know. Like, I mean, sometimes I would be DJing four or five nights a week. Sometimes I wouldn't be DJing anything. So I had to get used to the ebbs and flows of everything like that. And I'm, I'm still, I still struggle with it. I'm not even gonna lie to you.
0: No, it's, it's not easy. I mean, sports betting in general is it's yeah, it's, it's the roller coaster ride and the ups and the downs of it. You are betting, you're trying to predict what a human being's going to do. And it's not easy to do to predict it yes. consistently to say what someone's going to do and everything should be lined up perfectly. And then the putt lips out, the shot hits off the crossbar, whatever it might be. And then you're done. So it's just, yeah. You never know how things, are go- how things are going to go. You know, in terms of the way you prepare, you know, you do a lot mm. of modeling. Do you still do modeling today?
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think that's the, the model is, you know, there's some handicappers who just only use the model. That's not me. Mm. The model is just a baseline for me. So it's like when those opening lines come out, I look at my model and say, you know, how does this differ? And then I also try to look at the limitations of my model. Why does my model think this? Why, you know, why does it think that? But then I also handicap the games when it comes to NFL. The first thing I handicap is the offensive defensive line. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, because the game is one in the trenches. And then obviously you you want to look at the quarterback. You want to look at who's the corner, like who's the secondary, who they're playing against. Um, Can this team run the ball? Um, What are they trying to do? And. I, I think you buried the lead, though. OK,
0: because where does your math background come from?
1: Um, I went to um, University of Pennsylvania, a Wharton <laughs> School of Business. Um, I, have a, I actually have a, mar- I have a marketing degree. Um, actually, it's so funny because my mom was a math teacher. Because you say I'm a DJ, and it's like, well, you
0: are a DJ, yes, but you leave out the part <laughs> where you went to one of the most prestigious math schools in the country. <laughs> like You didn't just like wake up and be like, I'm going to build a model. Like You obviously have a very good grasp of numbers.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think the thing is when – you know, when I was in school, I was such a creative person and I'm taking these classes and I'm like, man, why am I here? But then, you know, once I got into this and I'm like, oh shoot, I could use all this to help me make money. So once I wanted to make a model, it was just, oh shoot, just go back to stat 101, stat 102. Um, and just, you know, speak to some of the professors and then, you know, get some advice here and there. And, you know, I graduated in 2008. I didn't start, you know, using my modeling skills until like 2013, 2014, so
0: but it's kind of like having a gun in your, in, 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 in your, in your drawer. Like you could pull it out when you needed it. Like you had yeah. that available to you when, when you needed to go to it, you were able to pull out that tool and be able to go to you and go and use it, use it. Because I mean, th- that I think is such an interesting thing from what your background is that you weren't using your math. You were doing something creative. You wanted to go out and, d- and pursue that, but then you were able to realize, wait, I like betting on sports and Oh, wait, Math, the the, the amount of math I use today, if you had told me, like, I'm a radio guy, I started in radio, I never thought we really would be heavily involved in math or or, and I don't do models, but the amount of just just straight up looking at numbers and probabilities, and value and the things that I look at, I never thought I'd use this. Like, I never thought I'd be doing math. But now we're so much we're so into math that would you recommend that to a kid who's listening to this right now that if they wanted to think about sports betting that math is a good way to go?
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you got to know, like, even in the NFL, you got to know what that key number is worth. You got to know. I mean, people, you have people blindly buying hooks and buying onto the three, buying off to the three. You need to know what that's worth because every single cent adds up.
0: And that, I think, is one of the more difficult lessons to learn, right? what side to be on. And sometimes you could be on the right side and still lose. And, but the value you were on the right side, you had the right angle, the right value. You met, you played the bet, right. And everything is lined up perfectly and you still lose.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's the (laughs) toughest thing. And you have to like, you know, and what did they say in trainer day? It's like, you got to control your smiles and cries. That's what you got to know. Like in this industry, you got to control it because, you know, you can have, you know, one bad beat and it can set you off. And believe me, I've done it. I've gone broke before and i don't want anybody to experience that
0: well you go on tilt right and you just start yeah. i tell people look i get paid to bet like it's my job to bet every day you don't have to get up walk away get, get away from it go on vacation shut the phone off delete the app whatever you gotta do to get away from it for a couple of days before you come back with a fresh set of eyes to see something because you can get going on that spiral and then you're just getting beat on, you're chasing, you're making bad plays, you're not thinking yeah. correctly. And it happens to all of us. I mean, you know, we we all go through that. No matter how good you are at this thing,
1: you're going to have a, a moment where you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this Billy, Billy Walters is, the, you know, the greatest sports better of all time. He's going broke 15 times. It's unbelievable. That's yeah. unbelievable. And so it's just like that tells you, you know, how tough this thing is. <laughs> and to have the mental
0: fortitude to keep on coming back right yeah. I mean, to, keep, to keep firing and like the you know the, that, that line of like shooters shoot but i really mean you have to be if you go oh and eight you go oh and 30 whatever it might be like you got to keep on firing and believing that your system's going to work because it's worked before and even when things aren't working right now it doesn't mean it won't turn for you and that for me betting every day that's probably been the biggest lesson that i've learned that like i don't get nearly as upset as a, if i lose eight bets in a row okay yeah just keep on yeah. going. I know it's going to yeah. turn. I, I, I've i been here before, and then I'll turn right around and I'll go on a 10-0 run. And OK, we're all back. And, you know, people who are following you and I'm sure you get this at action all the time when you're posting your picks and plays. When they decide to jump in, their opinion of you really gets dictated. And you're like, look, I'm a long haul here. This is not a one day, one play type of thing. If you just yeah. oh, hey, I, I followed Raheem for his NBA pick and I lost. He's bad. But, yeah, I yeah. hit the previous eight. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, yeah. you just chose to put to play the one one that I happened to lose, and it's not really fair. Th- that's what bothers me about the industry when it comes to posting picks. A- anything that – have you experienced anything that's kind of annoying when you're putting picks up?
1: Um, I mean, I have one or two guys for the most part. But I, I just – you know, I, went in su- I w- had such a crazy run in the NBA last year. I mean, I went four and a half months without losing week. Wow! Like, yeah, like I mean, I literally was like, I mean, I could not until the NBA Finals. I like from March until the NBA Finals, I couldn't move. I mean, like, and all like like some of the craziest upsets. I mean, like, Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trail Blazers, Game uh-huh. Six, they're catching five. The whole public's on the Blazers. I got the Nuggets outright. <laughs> um, the Clippers versus the Jazz, right after Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. I have them game five and six. They're down 20 points, At 30 points in the third, second quarter. Clippers come back and win. Like, that's how hot I was running. So it's just like, I'm, I've am i actually got messages, messages from people saying, hey, you kept me off the street. Whoa. Wow. Like, I had people, you know, Vim on me saying, hey, here's some money." Yeah. yeah, like tipping me just because yeah. I had ran so hot. Um, But I, I mean, like, before that, I got a, I got a couple of negative messages. But I'm I'm kind of one of those, like I'm one of those spiritual guys to where it's just like let's keep it all positive. And I try yeah. to always be positive and, and keep it cool with everybody. So I try to, I feel like I attract the energy that I give out to the world. What were you on the Bucs in the NBA finals? I can't remember. No, I was not. I was on what happened was I was on the I was on the Suns for big for right. game four. And like it's catastrophic loss for me. I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> catastrophic loss for me. But um I, after that, I was like, "Yo, the Bucks are gonna win the series." When I because when they came back from that game, I was just like, "You know what? The Bucs them found something, and I knew they they had it locked." <laughs> Where was the picture of you courtside? Which game was that? That was Game Seven in the Nets series. So I took I took the Nets in Game Five. The public was all over. I think the public was all over Milwaukee. the Bucks in game five. Yeah, the Bucks in game five. But I took the Nets. The Nets were at home. It was no heart, no Kyrie. I just felt like Kevin Durant was gonna have a big game. He did. Mm. Then I came back and took the, the Bucks for the series, down three, two. And then I went to game seven and put money on the Bucks to win game seven. I was sitting right behind Travis Scott, the rapper, <laughs> and um Emmanuel Sanders was right in front of me too. Did they know you had bet the game? I, I kept telling everybody, I was like, I got I got twelve thousand dollars on the Bucks to win this game, <laughs> and I got another ten on them to win the series. So I'm the only person in the building rooting for the the Bucks. <laughs> everybody, and it's not yeah. like the thing about the the Nets, like Brooklyn. There's no real Nets fans. They're all like bandwagon fans. So nobody wants right. to beat me up. It's not like Philadelphia. If I, yeah. like I went to I went to Game Seven in Philadelphia the next day against the, the Hawks. I took the Hawks second half. I ain't tell nobody
0: (laughs) (laughs) real quiet on that. Well, speaking of the Sixers, you know, as as we taped this here on a, on a Tuesday afternoon, there could be news that comes out by the time this drops, but Ben Simmons has told the Sixers he's done with them. Uh, What's the Philadelphia reaction to Ben Simmons hearing that? Is he dead to the city now?
1: I mean, he was dead to the city before. Like, I mean, one of my friends, he actually went viral. Um, He called him like a crumb bum. He was like, yo, get the F out of my city, you crumb bum. And, you know, it went viral so much that he started selling T-shirts with Ben's faces. It says crumb bum. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, like I literally sat outside of the arena and it was like people were, people were mad, people were crying. It crying. It, it, it was bad. So he can't come back to the city. <laughs> what – I mean, if the team – Forces him because supposedly
0: the team only wants one player in return, and it looks like Portland's not going to go ahead and give them the one player. And Dame is going to stick in Portland. Mm-hmm. W- what happens? Does he just does he call their bluff and not show up for training camp?
1: I, I think you got to. I, I mean, I don't see him calling the bluff. I honestly, like I mean, in today's N- NBA, I just don't see it. Honestly, I'm holding on to him. Yeah, if I'm if I'm there, it's cause like. You killed his leverage. I mean, you killed your leverage by saying, hey, you don't want him. You were supposed to stand with him and then try to find, you know, a way to trade him during a regular season. You can't just say, hey, yeah, we want to get rid of him. And it's like we have no leverage at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to watch and see what happens because if I, I think if he wound up going to Golden State, I'd be really interested to oh, see yeah. what the Warriors, what they would look like with him and having him be that type of rebounder, big guard, kind of offset Steph and get Klay Thompson back with that. And Oh, they'd, I, they'd be scary. I, ooh, they'd be fun. They'd be a fun team if if Golden State were able to, to, to land him. Hell, I mean, even if my Celtics were to be able to get a hold of him, I think could be interesting. I mean, Simmons, oh. you just don't need him to do you need him to play a very specific role. If you yeah. need him to shoot, you're done. If you need him to score, you're in trouble. But rebound yeah. and pass? You know,
1: they had a they had a 15-game stretch in 2018 when, when MB got injured toward the end of the season. And it was Ben Simmons and four shooters. Hmm. And they won all 15 straight games into the playoffs. Yep. And I feel like we're being cheated out of You've that. seen the best of Ben Simmons because he's not in a system like Giannis. Like Giannis has four shooters around him at, at right. the same time. That's right. what I want to see from Ben. It's a great point. And that's when with
0: Golden State, that's what he have. I mean, the greatest shooter yeah. of maybe all time. <laughs> so you, you'd have that yeah. and then play, and then you'd have just a ton of weapons around him. It's just it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point. But I mean, Philadelphia is obviously gonna ride with Embiid and rightfully so, and 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 now build around him and kind of figure out what to do. You're not gonna get value back for Simmons. I think we kind of are already all know that right now but all right so let's talk value here for a couple seconds and and (laughs) i'm curious about how you see a couple things in the futures market so at the time of taping now mac jones has been named the starting quarterback for the patriots the offensive rookie of the year odds on mac jones went from 10 to 1 to 5 to 1 now down because of this I, i don't think there's much value people are saying and there were a lot of money that drove this down people betting on mac jones but as a Patriot guy, I don't think Mac Jones is going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But how do you handle markets like that? That you know, do you go away from steam? Do you follow steam? How do you handle it when when the when the market's moving that quickly?
1: Um, I'm not really a big fan of you chasing steam on future markets just because I feel like a lot of times you get the worst of it. Mm. Like honestly, I mean, like when it comes to this one, I think Zach Wilson is by far the better quarterback, mm. and I think the Jets are going to have a, a decent offense. You're the so, second person to tell
0: me this today. I, I disagree with this wholeheartedly. I want to hear Yuri. I I got into a fight on my radio show about this. Now I want to hear from you. Why are the Jets going to be good this year?
1: I'm not saying they're going to be good. I'm saying the offense is going to be good. Why? Because Corey Davis is there. I mean, not just because of Corey Davis. I just think I mean Elijah Moore. Um, okay. C- Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder. They got the receivers. They got you know Keenan Cole. Like they, they got guys to throw the ball to. And I just okay. think the when you get rid of Adam Gase. That's a big part of your problem. <laughs> so
0: so this is the exact same thing that was said to me on a radio show, that Adam Gase going by, going away is a huge step up. Okay, maybe. All right. we It's still an unproven situation. Zach Wilson is small. Okay. He is a small dude. And so can he take the NFL hits? I don't know yet. And then the offensive line, I know they've invested in the offensive line, but do you like the offensive line for
1: the Jets? And then who's the running back? Who are they? Gonna, they don't have a running game in New York. I mean, it's not, I mean, we're not talking about, the Giants offensive line. We're not talking about Cincinnati's offensive line. True. Like they're,
0: Mercari, they're. I mean, yeah, they've got guys that have invested offensive line in first round picks. And I, I get that, but they're somewhat unproven. I just, I don't, I don't, I understand that Wilson could put up some big numbers because they're going to be trailing in a lot of games. So his numbers could jump. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. That's why mm-hmm. I think there's, there's more value in Lawrence and Wilson from a rookie of the year perspective than Mac Jones, because mm-hmm. Mac Jones may have the better record than those three teams but he's going to hand the ball off more than half the time. Like he's just not going to be expected to go and throw 40 touchdowns and be Tom mm-hmm. Brady. So I'm going to give our, you a
1: pick. I'm going to give you yeah. a pick here. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's already moved, but we took some over 43 in the jets Panthers game week one. I like that play. That's a low yeah, we, total. It's 43. Wow. That's yeah, a low yeah, total. We, 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 we took, we took that about a week ago. I actually gave it to um I told him because um, I actually bet the jets first half, Right. Against the Packers in the last preseason, well, the previous preseason game, right? When they played it um, when I was signing up for the Super Contest. I the gave it to Manny. T-
0: the two touchdown, told- yeah, the two touchdown performance by Wilson, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that that's a good over. Um yeah. 44 and a half. I mean, unfortunately, 44 is a key number, so right. you're kind of getting the worst of it, but I still think it goes over there. I, well, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see it because Joe Brady with Sam Darnold, you know that one Darnold wants to go out against his former team and put numbers up. You know, Brady wants to prove that it was Bridgewater's fault last year, not his. Yeah. So you've so you've got that storyline. And then you've got Wilson. I guess my only question would be is how much does that defense for the jets take a step forward with the new head coach and Salah being a defensive guy. So that's kind of yeah. the only thing I would think of that. Maybe the Panthers don't score, but you've got run CMC coming back. So that should be big. And and McCaffrey should be the, all everything back now that he was, as long as he stays healthy and last year, he had three injuries. So, but I like that 44 I'm, I'm comfortable at 44 and a half. Even it's a key number, but I'm okay with it even going over on that. I think, you are gonna see, quite a bit of points. I don't like either defense, to be quite honest. I don't like the Jets defense. Yeah, the I don't like defense. either as
1: well. <laughs> yeah. but so yeah, I, that, that, That's that's a pick that we hit. We hit we hit that about a, a week ago. There's another like group that. on it. So um, yeah. I think another group hit it like yesterday or so. I'm a, I was I, a little mad because I didn't get more on it. Oh, I, I,
0: I, I like that. So in terms of how you're approaching week one, mm-hmm. it, what do you use? You know, obviously you're, I know you're using models and whatnot, but how aggressive are you in week one in the NFL without really knowing what these teams are going to look like?
1: I think the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, that's the time to be aggressive. Okay. And it's, 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 counterintuitive because no, it's the same thing what? with preseason. It's the same thing. I tell people that you're betting
0: preseason. Yes. If you do research and do your homework, the lines mm-hmm. are the softest. They're going to be all yeah. year. It's yes. it's, it's the one time I, I went back over the last three years and I've been super profitable all three Septembers in college and pro football. And then yeah. October, November comes around and it's like, I'm back to being 50% but I'm way more profitable in September and I build the bankroll up and everyone thinks you're a genius because the lines aren't that sharp and you can take advantage.
1: So I'm yeah, with that's you. exactly I, what it is. And it's, I, it's like yeah. that for almost every major sport. Like you have people who play baseball who say, you know, I'm not betting in August. I'm not betting in September. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm, and it's, it's like, same thing for the NBA. So in the NFL, you got, got I mean, you, you got to come out fire. Like yeah. you got to come out guns blazing, first couple of weeks, I think the first four weeks. And then that's when it gets tough after that.
0: Yeah. And then everything, cause the books know they're going to get their money back too. So that's why the books are comfortable. Like, okay, yeah, we'll have a couple of, you know, so, so weeks. And, you know, I think most bookmakers I've talked to that if they go two and two in the four weeks in September, they're totally fine with that. And then come October, they know that they're going to be rolling and then come November and December when they've got really their algorithms firing. And the public keeps on just assuming different things are going to happen. Like it always has happened. Like, wait, it happened in September. Why won't it happen in November? And they get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And the books do very, very well. And that's why the casinos are the size that they are here in Vegas because of those yeah. November streaks that they go into. Are you at all in the props
1: market? Do you like betting props? I'm not really big into props. I think it's something I want to get into. Um, obviously the markets are a lot smaller, but I, it's just never something I've really got into. Um, my colleague, Brandon Anderson, that's all he does. Yeah. It's almost, part. I
0: feel like you have to be one of the other. I feel that, like, that like, I, I know people who do a lot of baseball props and they bet mm-hmm. like strikeout props or they bet home run props. or they bet, uh, you know, they bet total bases, but like, that's all they do. Like they don't bet yeah. sides and they don't bet totals. And then I, I have other people who'd like, kind of like me where I'm betting more team totals and totals and sides in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet like, I don't know one or two a week. I'll bet a strikeout prop. Like I just, it feels like it's one or the other.
1: Yeah, like it's rare that I bet a prop. I mean, it's like it's if I bet a prop, it's like it's, I, I must really, really like it because it's rare. NFL too, you not heavy in the in the NFL um, prop. I don't think I've ever done an NFL prop ever. Wow, yeah. no? I, I mean, Super Bowl, I've done. I've done them, of course. Yeah, Super Bowl, I'm, I'm hitting every prop I can. Um, right. You know, so funny. I was so mad at myself because um, I think we have Rob guy, guy I work with had Rob Gronkowski, um, first touchdown and I put it, in for, put it in for him and I didn't take any for myself. I think it was like 18 to one or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait, that was a good play. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I mean, I always, I do play props during the, during the NFL year. I don't play college football props. I, I will do NFL props because I think there is some correlation with DFS people that I know. That yeah. if, I, if I'm watching people, and did you know, if I got friends of mine that are like, you know, 100% roster this guy RB1 on your DFS mm-hmm. lineup, and I'll be like, okay, what's the number? And if, if it's something that looks attractive, I'm like, okay, we just trail that and you turn it into a prop and bet it that way. That's been one of the more interesting things, I think, from a football betting perspective, is just the daily fantasy inclusion with those models and yeah. how they translate over to prop betting. And it's why the limits are so low because the books are petrified.
1: <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. I mean, you should be. <laughs> they <right>. should be.
0: Because <laughs> the math people like you, the smart guys, are able to do projections and they're able to be ahead of the game. And if you know, like what I like about what you're saying and, and what I agree with is that you're using your eyes as well as your math. Like you're not just blindly betting because the model says so. And then you're using your eyes to tweak the model to fit what you think is actually going to happen. That I think is kind of the key when it comes to numbers. You can't just blindly follow them, right?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think you'll get killed. I mean, I, there's so many times where I've seen, you know, I might see something with a guy's offensive line or I might see a corner or I just, I might see a weak spot here and there. And it's just, I got to attack that just as much yeah. as I got to attack when I feel like the market is is off. And, and then, you know, especially now, you always got people manipulating the market. So yeah. if I mean you just don't know, so it's just like if I don't have that football knowledge or that basketball knowledge, I'm I'm going in blind. Mm. What do you make of head fakes? How do do you spend
0: much time trying to figure out whether the line move is real or not, or do you just go by your own play and say, look it, I don't care what the market does?
1: Um, I think you kind of got to because it, it it's like for me, I want to know. I. I <laughs> I want to know what, you know, the market is thinking because I, I look at this like a multiplayer game.
0: So I'm with you that. Yeah. I, I love knowing what the market, I mean, you have to have, I want to know what I don't know. That's what I want. Exactly. I, somebody knows something that I don't know. So I don't I don't want to get stuck. Like I'll give you a, 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 for instance. So I had talked to a bookmaker on my radio show about the Jake Paul fight. And uh-huh. I said, you know, who are you going to need come fight night? And the book told me we're going to need Woodley on fight night. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you're gonna need yeah. Woodley like that's crazy. okay. I mean, yeah. I thought you could say you need Jake Paul, but you're gonna need Woodley like all right, because all the public money and pro money early had poured in. Well that same bookmaker told me on Saturday before the fight, <laughs> hey, by the way, we need Jake Paul and we booked it as such to need Jake Paul. They didn't tell me on Friday that they were booking it to need Jake Paul and all the money because they had the highest odds on Woodley. I had wow. to get out. I had to get out because yeah. I was I was trailing going, wait a minute, I want to know. I want to be on your side as the bookmaker because yeah. I think you guys are going to set the market. And then everything kind of flipped because literally 20 to one bets came in on Woodley. Nobody was betting on Jake Paul. So I got out of it. And and like mm-hmm. I think you have to pay attention to the market. you got to pay attention to where the books are. Like generally speaking, I'm not saying you fade the public always, but how do you feel about being on the side of the book versus being on the side of the public for, for your bets?
1: In the NFL, there's a rule I live by, and it's always avoid the public underdog. That's one that – I mean when it comes to fading the public, that's yeah. one where it's just like if I see too many – if I see too many people in a public underdog, I want no parts of it. And even if I'm not fading the public, sometimes it's just – it's good enough to have something to keep you off, mm-hmm. off a bad bet. And yeah. I, I think that's – you don't always have to fade them, but if it can get you off a of bet, that's a good thing. I agree. And
0: that's – I also think if there's too many people in our business on one side, I don't like it either. Like yeah. I I like it when I put a play up and then the first thing I get is from someone saying, Oh, I hate that bet. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like I right. want you, I, I don't want everyone to, to cheer because nine times out of ten, if everybody thinks the bet's great, it's not hitting.
1: That's exactly what it is. And a lot of times I see that with my colleagues. If if, if we're all on one side, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what are we missing? <laughs> yeah. like, Raise your hand. Wait, wait, wait. There's gotta be something wrong here. Why are we all on the same side? <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'd rather go and I love my coworkers, but I'd rather always have somebody against me. Of course. hundred percent. I'm with you. I, I want that.
0: I want that pushback. And yeah. like, it, it's just fun. Wherever I put up, I put up plays on Twitter or TikTok or whatever. It's like, if I get everybody cheering, I'm like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. I know yeah. almost instantaneously by the reaction of people who are saying, I want that person to say, you know, you're missing the point of whatever and get into yeah. their, you know, pushback. And then I'm like, okay, good. There's a little bit of a different spin there. Someone else is not seeing what I'm seeing and I'm comfortable where I am. And, mm-hmm. and look, I, I do believe in fading the public. I, mm-hmm. I do think in the NBA, in big games in the NBA, I think going against the public, but yeah. I also believe the books lie. And they lie all the time. And we might think the data we've got is good, but we don't have the data that's good. Yeah, we don't. Only they have it. And they're not yeah. telling us. No one's giving us the secret sauce. No one's given us the, the real inside stuff. Because, frankly, they're not really lying on purpose. It's just by the time they give you and me their numbers, they could have taken four bets on the other side. Yeah. And, ch- and changed
1: everything. I mean, that's why you can't blindly follow anything. So it's just like, right. I always look at it like, I always tell you, I look at myself like a boxer. It's like, you know, Floyd Mayweather is going to come in and he's going to use his shoulder rule. But if he faces a southpaw, he might use his high guard. Or, you know, right. there's some fights where he's just throwing the pull counter at will. So right. it's just like, I feel like i got so many different weapons and I'm just trying to put all of them together. And I look at somebody like, I keep u- using this guy as an example, but Billy Walters, he has a group of handicappers. And he knows which each game is worth from each handicapper, and yeah. I actually try to, as much as I'm handicapping the game myself, I try to do that with everybody else in the media and in the market. So you like Billy's be, back, right? Yeah, we spoke. We spoke about this. <laughs> so we definitely spoke about this. But it's like the I look Ac- at it like the Act
0: Me crew is coming back, and everybody here in Vegas is trying to figure out which game they're going to be on coming up for Week One of the of college football.
1: So it's like you're putting out a game, and you might have a write up. Um, Doug Kazarian might have a write up. Presty Johnson might have a write up. I'm reading it all, and then I'm trying to, you know, factor that into my handicapping because, as much like the media
0: is the public too. So no, I'm it's true. To- and, sh- and short people, smart people are wrong. I mean, it, it that's the thing about you know Billy Walters. You're bringing him up. He's always says fifty seven percent. That means forty three percent of the time the guy's wrong. <laughs> so yeah. Just because, you know, that one person's going one way, that doesn't mean that you can't be on the other side. If you truly believe your play, like that's why I talk to people all the time about my picks podcast. And if Mm anybody ever gets mad, like, oh, I trailed you when you went one and two or whatever. I'm like, look at you had every right to go two and one by betting the other side. You have to take responsibility for buying the bet. You're hitting buy. I'm not. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. You can do whatever you want with that information. I'm not forcing you to do anything. So like, that's how I always approach people when it comes to what I'm putting out there. I'm just telling you what I'm playing. You don't have to do anything with that. You can ignore it. You can use it. You can fade it. You can follow it. It's up to personal responsibility as a better. And that, I think, bothers people because they want to be told what to bet. Yeah. They, don't want to, they don't want to
1: think. They don't want to do the work you're doing. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think people, I mean, people are just lazy. I mean, people. Yeah. I, mean, I think we've gotten to a point to where people don't want to know how to make the sauce. They don't want to know how to learn how to fish. They just want the fish given to them. And I, I think that's the frustrating thing about our industry currently is that yeah. – there, there's just ways to teach people how to handicap, or ways to you know learn what this key number is worth for when to bet into spots, and people aren't as interested in that. So
0: no, it's true, and and I mean it's amazing the number of people, and it's great because they're new, they're coming in, and they want to learn. But they'll say, "Wait, you see, what's a key number?" Or like, yeah. "Wait, like what?" I, I'm confused. Like, why shouldn't I parlay? It's like, okay, so let's let's go through all these different situations yeah. that you're doing and why you're losing or why you're putting yourself in a position to lose more to have it be more likely that you lose. We're, we all yeah. lose. We all have losing days, losing weeks, whatever. It happens. But yeah. you're hurting yourself. You're putting yourself further behind because the minus one ten. And I, I stress this to everybody. You have to realize that we are down when we start. We're yeah. at 110 and they're at a hundred when we start. So yeah. that's what makes this so difficult in such a fun game to have. And people are always like, why do you get so excited when you win? Because it's an exciting time. The money's great, but whatever it's more, I get more satisfaction over the fact that I got the play right and I got yeah. the pick right. And I was handicapping it correctly and seeing it correctly. And then it play plays out. And that's, for me, that's what gets me going. I get excited. I don't know. I don't do the money you do,
1: though. So so I I, I get why you would celebrate your wins. You're I mean, guessing. for me, I mean, I, I, it's, the, it's, it's more so the intellectual challenge. And yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, the money is cool, but it's just I think at a certain point, the money becomes it, it almost becomes stressful. I agree. When you're, when you're betting at a, a bigger stake. So it's the challenge of, you know what? I got this right. Like, yeah. to me, you know, when I was the only person in the stadium rooting for the Bucks. <laughs> to win game seven. And I was right. I felt like I was, I was on head. I was in heaven. Yeah. I saw the picture. you know what I mean? you, you, had, you had a smile <laughs> ear to ear. You were looking like you were on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I mean, to me, it's, it's those moments like that, or it's just, you know, the moments where i take the Clippers to win the series when they lose Kawhi Leonard. And it's yeah. just like, yo, I was right. The whole world thought this series was over. So I, I like those moments. Absolutely. And you should
0: celebrate those moments. Those are those are awesome moments to have. All right. So before we we wrap here, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Anything you're looking at futures-wise, any teams you like, anything
1: week one that you're liking right now in the NFL? All right. I took the Broncos over seven and a half wins. I still would take it at eight and a half. I'm really big on the Broncos this year. Wait, wait. Um, okay.
0: I, I have to know why. What? Do what, so you like Teddy Bridgewater in this offense? Why?
1: It's not that I, I – I, it's not that I particularly like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a perfectly average quarterback. Like if Teddy you, covers, we love him. I mean, if you if you looked at mediocre in a dictionary, <laughs> Teddy Teddy Bridgewater would should pop up. But I mean, yeah. he lost the most EPA in the NFL. They had injuries. They twenty six in adjusted games lost through the injury. Only team who was worse in injuries from what I remember is the San Francisco 49ers. They lost True. everybody. Yeah, um, right. Locke was horrible. Um, yeah. Interceptions, turnovers. Bridgewater, all they need him to do is just be average, be an average quarterback. The defense is going to be good. Fangio is, is solid. I think they're going to get positive regression. You know, I, I I think they'll be fine. So I, I took that over set, seven and a half wins. I took that back in March. It's eight and a half now. Ooh, wow. um, I like the Saints under nine and a half wins. I think it's nine now. I, I think, you know, the defense is getting older. Cam Jordan's like 20, 20, you know, 32. I mean, Jameis Winston. I, I like him, but I just don't think he's the guy for this offense. I it's my most contrarian
0: talking. play in college in, in, in the NFL or college this year is over nine and a half wins for the saints.
1: Wow.
0: It's my, it's my, you gotta most, tell me why it's my most contrarian because, well, frankly, I am really nervous about hurricane Ida. Okay. And that has really thrown a monster wrench into this bet because I, they could be oh, out. Oh Yeah. They could be out a month before they play a home game. So that, I like think I'm annoyed by that. I'm frustrated by what's just gone on. But the reason why I think Jameis Winston's gonna have an absolutely huge year. And I'm okay with Michael Thomas being out for the first six weeks. I I am. I actually think mm-hmm. it might be a good thing for the offense to try to find itself without Michael Thomas and then insert him back in. Alvin Camara to run the football and play defense, run the ball, play defense. The Packers, everybody's on the Packers. This is again where another like, you know, the public, everyone's like, oh, take Aaron Rodgers, take Green Bay, take the Packers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like teams that don't play anybody in the preseason in week number one. It concerns me tremendously coming out of the gate that you don't have the consistency, the same type of rhythm, and then you go into a real game situation. Now, unfortunately, the Superdome is not going to be a factor. So, I thought the Saints would win game one. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen because now mm-hmm. if they have to play that in Dallas. That's mm-hmm. going to be a whole. See, a whole I got. I got to
1: push back on that because yep. the Rams went to the Rams went to the Super Bowl. The Rams never play anybody. Yep. Under, they went went to the Super Bowl. True, they won that. I think they they played who they played. Um, Carolina week one. Ye, sounds and, right. Yeah, 2019, they were on the road. Yep. Right. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. No, <laughs> it, it,
0: and and I understand. I just I I personally have I like yeah. coaches. I like I like the receiving yeah. core more than most people do, and I think Jameis with the LASIK and under Sean Payton. I think they're out there to prove a point. And the point was that Jameis Winston is a talented quarterback and they can look, just throw 16 picks. Don't throw 30. And yes. they should be OK. And they and, and I think there's winnable games. I mean, they won the division last year. People forget about this with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's like they won the division. And I know that uh, you're right about the defense getting a little bit older, but that defense is still a top 10 defense in the NFL. I mean,
1: they lost they lost Trey Henderson. Who else? They look. It's just to me, I just, I, I, I just you still have know. Jenkins.
0: You still have leadership Jenks, in that locker room.
1: I, I'm a Philly guy. Jenkins is washed. Oh, he's washed. Oh, he was washed last year. Lattimore hasn't been the same since his rookie year. That's
0: true. That's true. He's, so been, it's he's, just like, he's He's been disappointing. He needs to take a step, take a step up, but they still get after the quarterback. I know you don't know, like do. Cam, but they still get after the quarterback.
1: I mean, I like Cam, but it's just, I just think he's getting older. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But I, I, yeah. did,
0: I just think when you look at this is 17 games, I need them to go set to win, go 10 and seven to cash my bet. And going through their schedule, uh, I, I just – but again, that whole bet with the Hurricane Ida situation is now completely and totally in trouble. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm
1: not yeah, going to I was going to say, you know what? We can have a lunch bet on this. On
0: yeah, this, I'm this I'm in trouble. I, I'm not going to debate that. I, now that with the Ida situation, I'm in trouble. I, I will yeah. do that. But before Ida, I liked hmm. over nine and a half a
1: lot. Um. What else did I have? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I like Cleveland, man. Everyone like. does. But how can you not? Man, I mean, it's just like you can't, you can't not like them. Um,
0: I think Stefanski's a really good coach. He's I think he's got that defense. you mentioned you know neg- you know, hopefully they stay away from injuries because if Cleveland's defense stays healthy, that's why I'm fading the Steelers this year. I'm on under eight and a half wins for the Steelers. I't what the- you there. I like the Bengals over six and a half wins. I like the Browns over their win total. And and I think that you've got the Ravens who are going to be the Ravens. I mean, the Steelers are going to come in last place in the division. I I really, I I think that that's a real possibility and Steeler fans throw up when they hear me say that, but I don't think that offensive line is going to be that good. I think Ben's getting older and I don't know why they drafted Najee Harris. I, I, he's a great player. I get the point but they had so many more needs that are running back in the first round to go and yeah. get Najee
1: Harris. I mean, they were, I mean, they threw the ball so much last year that they felt like they needed to, but it's like you said, the offensive line isn't there. Um, Pouncy retire. It's just, this could be, this could be a year where maybe, you know, Tomlin might not last. I mean, I know, the Stillers don't have they have like four coaches in the history of the franchise, but well,
0: if Ben gets <laughs> hurt or Ben doesn't play, Dwayne Hatskins could be the quarterback. I mean he's looked he's looked the part in the preseason. at least he shows he's competent in that offense and it, he ran a very similar offense in college at Ohio State. So at least maybe he's away from his boys and the craziness he got himself into coming out of college. Uh, maybe he can resurrect his career I and mean, the team seems to like him. So you know, I don't know it's it's one of those years where Heratisberger, we all we always talk about clips with quarterbacks, right? And it's like yeah. Brady just has Brady has changed all of us. We all just assume that if you're mid thirties, you're going to be fine. I don't know if Big Ben's going to be one of those guys that he's in his upper thirties going into his forties and he's still playing in the NFL.
1: And Ben is always taking a lot of hits. I mean, right. he, he holds the ball a long time. He doesn't have the TV twelve workout plan. And, you know, the whatever cream that the is, crew, whatever <laughs> he's doing out there, he doesn't have that.
0: Whatever Brady's taking these days. Right. Whatever Brady's doing to, to, to keep to keep going. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you And the flexibility training or whatever the heck. Ben's a big, stiff dude. So mm-hmm. the elbow problems, shoulder problems, whatever he's he's run into. How do you feel about the Bengals this year?
1: That offensive line is just still concerning to me. And I'm not a big fan. Of, I'm not a big fan of Zach Teller at all. Um,
0: oh, no. I covered him in college as a quarterback in Nebraska. Uh-uh. I'm with you. It's the one yeah. thing. It was the hardest thing for me to bet over six and a half wins because of him. I like everything else except yeah. the coach. And I can't stand the coach.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that's what's keeping me off of off of that one. I, I just I can't do it. That receiving <laughs> core is so good, though, man. T Higgins is
0: going to be a monster. Jamar chase is going to be so good. It's all about that knee for burrow for me. You just got to have that knee be healthy. And I think they'll run the football effectively. They're going to throw a ton and burrow just when he's good and he's right, that team's going to score. It's just a question of that darn knee injury. That he suffer that has me a little bit concerned, but I do not like Zach Taylor. So that's where I am on, on the Bengals. All right, Rain, do me a favor. If folks want to follow you on social media, they want to follow your picks plays. How can they find you? Where can they find you?
1: They can find me at DJ R T O D-A-I-Z-Z-A. That's DJ to the on Twitter. You can find me at the Action Network, Raheem Palmer. If you search Raheem Palmer on Twitter, I'll probably pop up because I'm unique. There's not too many people like me. Raheem Palmer on Twitter, DJ to the Dj R T O D-A-I-Z-Z-A, Raheem Palmer at the Action Network. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you
0: for the time. You're an awesome follow. I Recommend everybody follow you. In, in particular for the NFL and the NBA, you are absolutely awesome. Thank you for the time. We really appreciate you coming on this
1: week. I appreciate it. Also, I, one thing I didn't mention: I like the Washington football team this year. I think they, they're going to be a, they're going to be a problem. Ooh. They don't have Haskins. They don't have the corpse of Alex Smith. That's a team that I like this year. To do what? Win the division. I- I, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I think, I think they're the team I expect to win in the division. I'm beyond won
0: it last year. I mean, the injury to Dak, obviously kind of had a big factor in it, but I I'm, I'm not against it. The vaccination thing scares me. I, I need to see. Yeah, what that, that, that,
1: that's, that's definitely a thing that scares me with a lot of teams. I mean, even looking, it's so funny because Cam basically got cut because of the vaccination thing today. <laughs>
0: I don't think it was the only reason why, but I definitely think having a backup quarterback unvaccinated could cause a major problem in the locker room. I think the Patriots figured out you know what? If Mac Jones won the job, which he did, we can't keep an unvaccinated backup quarterback. So, Let's yeah. go ahead and and move off of him. Although I don't know about Brian Hoyer, though, so that there's been some pushback that Hoyer might be unvaccinated too. So maybe that narrative's not ah. true. <laughs> so the pictures may have a backup quarterback unvaccinated, but we don't really know exactly what's going on. But people are asking now because he's mm-hmm. now QB two versus being QB three. Now the eyeball is a little bit different on um, on Brian Hoyer. So we got to see. My friend, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on this week. Really appreciate your time.
1: Oh no, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, 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 oh,